Thank you, ladies, so much. Thank you, Miss Debbie and uh, Tommy. I know you're watching because you're just like me. Even when you're on vacation, you just won't let it go. So, welcome, Tommy. We're glad you're here with us this morning. The benefits of being online, it's awesome. Um, real quick before we get started, wanted to take care of something before we get into the sermon. Didn't want to handle it at the end. But last week we had two new members join, um, Nathan and Stephanie. Most of y'all got to meet them. Most of the time Nathan and Stephanie are in the sound booth. And it just so happened that this week was a crazy week. Tommy's vacation interlapped with a trip that they had been going on. So your pastor had to run sound for a few minutes. So if it didn't sound good, blame them for being gone. But at the set, but at, uh, also I do want to um, bring two others before you. Allison, Keaton, if y'all will, come on. Or Keaton, Allison, whichever you prefer. I knew Allison first, so it's always going to be Allison and Keaton. Allison and Keaton have been with us for quite some time. I got to know Allison extremely well. Notice Keaton doesn't want to stand by me. Did you notice that? Let me see how you are. I got to know Allison through Young Harris College, through one of the uh, ministries that we've been a part of through BCM, and uh, Miss Vine Rogers, who was a dear friend to both me and Allison, introduced us. Um, so I've known Allison for quite some time. Well, Allison attracted Keaton. I'll still kill you. <laughs> Allison attracted Keaton, and over the years of them knowing each other, Keaton finally professed his love to Allison and said, uh, I want to be yours, and I want you to be mine. So this April, Allison and Keaton united together in marriage, and I was so thankful to be able to be a part of that. They've been a part of our small group, and to just cut a long story short, over the last couple of years... They fell in love with this church. They fell in love with what we stand for. And not only that, they want to be a part of what we're doing here. And this is a great encouragement to see a young couple like this wanting to be a part of what's going on here. And it ought to be encouraging to you. I can say, I can I can say that Allison will come by letter. And also, she has already been baptized. She has already professed her faith in Christ. Keaton will be coming by statement. But at the same time, I couldn't get the video up in time, and that's my fault. But a couple of weeks ago, after service, we went down to by, uh, behind Daniel's house, and we got in the creek. It was very cold. <laughs> it was moving. There was a lot of shouting. It wasn't Holy Spirit shouting, but there was a lot of shouting. I let him sit there for about five minutes. I really did. That's no joke. And then... I, Keaton, I was blessed to be able to baptize you, and man, I want to tell you, just thank you for that opportunity. And then, last week, two weeks ago, y'all fulfilled the new members class, and I told them I wouldn't give them a microphone too. Both of them were very, uh, both couples were very adamant. They didn't want to say anything, so I'm going to speak for them. Harmony Grove, Keaton and Allison are coming before you completing the new members class, both being baptized and both being believers in Christ. They want to be a part of what you are doing here, and they want to be an active uh, part of that. So their question to you is, what's your say? Amen. Last chance. I can grab a microphone if y'all want to say something. Okay. Guys, thank y'all so much. Y'all can have a seat. At the end of service, y'all be sure to find these two. Love on them. Welcome them here. And um, don't be too hard on them, guys. Be easy on them, okay? They're a young couple. They got a, they're figuring out a lot of things lately. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been dealing with this whole issue, talking about the hope that is in us. The hope that we have that comes from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And today we're going to kind of wrap that series up and we're going to be talking about a subject that we've heard a lot over the last couple, couple of months, even into last year, 
But we're going to be talking about fear. Actually, we're going to be talking about faith versus fear. Now, this morning, I want a little bit of audience participation, okay? So I want you to be honest with me. What's your biggest fear? Anybody want to share? Huh? Clowns? Clowns? Yes. She is not joking. <laughs> Clowns are freaky things. When I was young, my mom, my mom, um, my mom didn't terrify me, but, you know, mom would let us watch different things, and I never will forget watching Stephen King's It. Y'all remember that? No, thank you. I hate clowns. <laughs> I really hate clowns. They are scary things. They are not funny. They are not funny at all. They're creepy. Yeah, I know they want to make you laugh. They may make me want to run, just to be honest with you. What's something else that you're afraid of? Biggest fear? Porta potties. <laughs> You know what? That's justified too. I am not gonna. I'm not gonna minimize that. That is a that is a fear that I really wasn't expecting to come out with. But at the same time, there there is some justification behind those porta potties, especially if you're with a group of guys. Just being honest with you, if you're with a group of guys and you get in there and that thing starts shaking, man, it can be a scary situation. I'm just telling you. All right, let's do one more. What? Bears. 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 There's a lot of people who are scared of bears. You know what's crazy? We've had a lot of bear attacks lately in our area, not in our general area, but an area close to us. And people have developed a fear of bears, and rightfully so. I mean, they're big. They're scary. They can hurt you. Most of the time, they're more scared of you all than you are of them. But the truth of the matter is, they are scary creatures. Of all the oppressive emotions that we experience as humans, fear can be the most powerful. Fear can paralyze. Fear can cause us from moving forward in our walk with Christ. When we are children, we have fears of monsters. Y'all remember that when you was a kid? Fear of the monster under the bed. Fear of the monster in the closet. Fear of monsters in the dark. But as we get older... And as we mature, these made-up monsters are replaced with some real-life horrors. Violence, natural disasters, wars, accidents, loss of employment, financial devastation, diseases, and the one that most fear more than any, death. Now, fear's got a bad rap over over the years. Is fear a bad thing? Yes. Let's not underestimate that. Fear can be a very damaging thing in our life. But at the same time, fear can be good if used appropriately. Over the past five weeks, I've danced around this topic as much as I could. And it's been hard, guys. I'm going to be honest with you. When we dealt with God and culture, the Word of God perseverance, and even God in our country, I had to purposely steer clear of fear because it can interwine into all of them. But as we finish up today, there's a couple of things I want you to realize about fear. Fear can be a direct enemy of our faith. Not doubt. Not doubt. A lot of people think that doubt is the direct enemy of our faith, but fear is really the direct enemy. Doubt doesn't bring about a direct enemy because doubt brings about questions. Questions bring about knowledge. Knowledge brings about understanding. And understanding brings about repentance, which leads to salvation. So doubt, even, the, even doubt, can get a bad rep from time to time. Fear suppresses hope. When we're afraid, that's when we have the least hope. When we're afraid of, just let's hit on a couple. When we're afraid of death. A lot of us aren't afraid of, you know, our destination. We're not afraid of our eternity, but let's be real. There's a lot of us who are afraid of how. I've made it clear. I don't want to burn and I don't want to drown. I prefer to go in my sleep, but at the same time, there are people who are completely paralyzed in life because of the fear of death. 
There's also the fear of financial destruction. And let's just be honest, this can be just as crippling. Fear, or financial finances, brings security to us. Am I wrong? When we have money in the bank, we feel secure. When that money is gone from the bank, we have uncertainty. We have uncertainty in how we're going to provide for our family. We have uncertainty in how we're going to pay our bills. We have some uncertainty on how we're even going to eat. So even in financial devastation, it can cause a fear in us that will paralyze us from moving forward. Fear is more than just an enemy. This is the last one I want you to realize. Fear is more than just an emotion. Fear can be a spiritual enemy. Fear can cause us from moving forward in our walk with Christ. When we talked about witnessing to people, some of the things that come about in that sermon were the fear of being rejected, the fear of not knowing what to say, the fear of not having enough information to help lead people to an understanding of who Christ comes. But as we come to the end of this series, I want us to face our fears. I want us to face our fears. Not just our fears when it comes to witnessing. Not just our fears when it comes to walking the Christian life. Our fears in life in general. Christ died to overcome this world. And anything that is in this world is overcome by what he did on the cross. And that even applies to our fears. But one thing we've got to realize about this is just because our fears are overcome and we can overcome our fears, that doesn't mean we necessarily get over them. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says, Sanctify Christ as Lord in your heart, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks and to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. When Paul wrote this, we talked about this. When Paul wrote this, or Peter wrote this, this was in a time of a lot of uncertainty when it came to the church. This was a scary time. People were dying. People were being put in prison. People were having everything taken from them. There was a little thing that happened. Y'all remember we talked about this in the, one of the, in the second sermon series where Nero was blaming all of the fires that took place in Rome on the Christians. So the Christians were under direct attack. So when he spoke these things, he was spoken them, speaking them in a time of fear. But the early Christians were not the first ones to ever go through fear. Another gentleman who went through fear is one that I admire, one that I look to, one that I have spent a lot of time studying. And we read from one of his uh, accounts last week. And that man is David. David was a man who had to face many fears. David was a man who faced many things that, let's just be honest, most of us will never face them. But David, and I want to reiterate this, David was not a fearless man. David was a man after God's own heart. And in Psalms 27, we get an account from David about how we can combat our fears. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalms chapter 27. We're going to read the whole chapter, and then we're going to go back, and we're going to dig some nuggets out of this this morning. So Psalms 27, starting in verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers come upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my fear, my heart will not fear. Though war rises, arises against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord 
and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble, we will conceal, <clears throat> he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock, and now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with the shouts of joy. And I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, and be gracious to me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I, will, I shall seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me nor forsaken me, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Teach me your ways, O Lord, and lead me in a level path because of my foes. Do not deliver me over to the desires of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me. And such as the breath of violence, out of violence, I would have despaired unless I had believed <clears throat> that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Pray with me. Father, this morning, Lord, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for the confidence I have in your word. I want to thank you for your Holy Spirit that not only fills me, but is dwelling in this place right now, Lord. More than anything, Father, we pray for your words to be heard clear. We pray for your word to be working in the hearts of men and women right now as we speak. Whether they're online or in this sanctuary, Lord, we pray that you are doing something that only you can do in the hearts of every man, woman, and child within earshot of my voice. Father, this morning I also want to take time, Lord, to pray for young Birch. As he stands in the pulpit today to preach his first sermon, Lord, I'm, I'm thankful for young men who are rising up to take the call to preach your word. I pray that you would give him clarity. I pray that you would give him confidence in the word that he is speaking today. Father, we all the time, we doubt ourselves. And honestly, Father, I'm thankful for the doubt in my, that I have in myself. Because the doubt that I have in myself leads me to a dependence in you. And this morning, Lord, we are dependent for you alone to do what only you can do. So, Father, this morning, as we take a few moments to dig into this word that you've given us, I pray that you would help us to find comfort when times of fear come around us. Because, Father, they will come. I just pray that we have the same confidence that David speaks of in this word. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, when this was wrote, there's no evidence to tell us exactly what circumstance David is talking about here. But it's obvious from what is being said that David has experienced some pretty troubled times in his life. Remember when David faced Goliath? A young boy, some say between the ages of 13 to 17, really uncertain to how old he was when he did face Goliath. But he stands before a giant. He stands before a man of stature. He stands before a man of war. A young boy who's done nothing more than shepherd sheep. Sure, he's faced lions. Sure, he's faced wolves. But when he stood on the battlefield with that man, toe to toe, do you think a little bit of fear hit him? Let's just be real. Would it have hit you? Later on, after David slays Goliath, 
David has to go on a trek for a short period of time. This trek was for the safety of his own life. Because while he had found favor with the people of Israel and while he found favor with even Saul for a short period of time, there was a time where Saul's heart turned jealous. It turned jealous of what the people were looking at David and Saul come after David. During this time, David had to hide in caves. David spent his life on the run. David knew that Saul and his men were after him to do one thing and one thing alone, and that's to kill him. Let me ask you a question. Do you think David was fearful? Would you have been? Fear is one of those things that we deal with. We deal with it on a daily basis. As a dad, I deal with it what's coming to my boys. As a husband, I worry, just being real, I worry about the safety of my wife. As a pastor, I worry about y'all on a daily basis. My heart is constantly concerned with the issues that I know many of you are going through. As a citizen of the U.S., my heart is fearful for the way things are going. And guys, rightfully so. We give fear a bad name. And it can be a bad thing. But at the same time, we have to remember that fear can be useful. Fear can bring about something in us that nothing else can. Fear can be healthy when we don't allow it to overcome us. In the first part of this scripture, verses 3 and 4, let's look real quick to see exactly, or 3 through 4, let's look real quick to see exactly what things David says about the Lord. He says, the Lord is light. When you're talking about light here, we're talking about guidance. Most of you have tried to stumble around in the dark, tried to find your phone, tried to find the light switch. And isn't it amazing how when you're in the dark and you're trying to find something, you always find the one Lego that everybody missed? You ever notice that? But in times of darkness, even like times that we're dealing with now, What David is saying is, God is light. He is illuminating a way for us to get to where he wants us to be. Not only does he say God is light, he also says God is salvation. He is our rescue. Constantly, we desire to be rescued. Constantly, we find ourselves getting in situations that none of us should be in, quite honestly. And we constantly find ourselves in need of someone To help us. God is our help in this world. He is our rescue in this world. And he is our salvation to bring us through the time that, honestly guys, the time that we have put ourselves in. Here's something you need to reflect on. God's not at fault for the situations that are going on in your life. Most of the time, the situations that are going on in your life are situations that you have brought on or the choices that you've made are brought on or the people that you've chose to associate with have brought on. God's not at fault for the situations. But he is there as a rescuer and he is there to help you through. Not only is he the light, not only is he the salvation, he is also the protection. He is our strength. As a husband, as a father, protection is top priority on my list. The other night, we're laying in bed. Jennifer hears what she thought was a door shutting. And then she thought she heard it again. And then she thought she heard it again. Just to give you a little description, what do you think I did? I went... I grab my gun, and I run downstairs. You ever notice we never think about what we're wearing when we grab our gun and go downstairs? You ever thought about that? We never think about that. I'm sure if anybody would have saw their pastor out in his yard after midnight in his boxer shorts with his gun, y'all would have thought I'd lost my mind, right? But at the same time, that is the heart of a father. That is the heart of a husband. It is our heart to protect us. 
And we got to understand that heart comes from something that is not inside of us. That heart comes from God. It's not by our own will that we desire to protect our families. That is something that is instilled in us in God. Because honestly, just being honest with you, if that wasn't instilled in me, and Jennifer said, I think somebody just opened the door, I'd get under the bed. I'd let the boys handle it. They can be scary at sometimes. I'd let Jennifer handle it. She can be very scary at sometimes. God's our salvation. God's our lot. God is protection. But what makes this so great when David says it is I want you to look at it again. Exactly how does David say it? He says, the Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my protection, my strength. What David had done is David had taken ownership of these things that God was giving him. And a lot of times as humans, we don't necessarily do this. We don't think of these as my light. We don't think of these as my protection. We don't think of these as my salvation. We think of these as things that God offers us, but at some point in time in our life, we have to reach out and grab them. And when we reach out and grab them, it does something inside of us. It gives us security. It gives us strength. It gives us an understanding of who God really is. And I'm going to be honest with you. David's confidence absolutely amazes me. The confidence that David has was not simply knowing God was the light. It was not knowing that God was simply salvation. It wasn't God that, knowing that simply God was strength. It was knowing that they were his strength, his salvation, and his guidance. And as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, this is something that we have to grab a hold of. These are the gifts that God has offered us. And when we have these things in our life, we have confidence of knowing that he is with us, knowing that he's not going to forsake us, knowing that he is going to be with us in the most darkest times. Let me ask you a question. Does that mean that fear leaves us? Does it? Does that mean that fear leaves us? No, it does not. Fear is not something we simply get over. Fear is something that we overcome. And when you say overcome, it's not meaning getting over. It means getting through. We get through our fears. David was a man of many fears. You know what amazes me the most about this? And I want you to think about this. Constantly we are amazed at the confidence and the bravery of Bible heroes. But I want you to think about this. Because this thought escapes us a lot. They didn't know they were heroes. Think about that for a minute. They had no idea they were being heroes at the time. They were going through life just as me and you. They were given assignments just as me and you. Yeah, sure, some of them were given greater assignments than the rest of us. Some of them were given assignments lesser than us. But at the same time, these were ordinary people just like me and you. They faced fears. They faced uncertainties. They questioned their faith. They even had points where they questioned God. You don't believe me? Read the rest of the Psalms. These were normal, ordinary people who did extraordinary things because they had an extraordinary God. That's the only difference. That was the only difference. Did fear ever leave David? Well, look at this for a minute. Look at verse 7. Hear, O Lord, when I cry my voice, and be gracious to me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I shall seek. 
Don't hide your face from me. Do not turn from your servant away in anger. And you, you have been my help. Do not abandon me, nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother, they have forsaken me. But the Lord will take me up. We look at this in the way it's being read. There's been certain theologians who think that Psalms 27 actually has two authors. Because the first part of this, you see strong confidence in who God is and what he's done. How he's brought David through all these trials. But then when you get to verse 7, you see a little shift. You see some uncertainty in whoever the writer's life it is. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think it is two writers. What I think we're seeing here is I think we're seeing a person be real. That even though he knows he has the confidence of knowing that God is his light, God is his salvation, God is his strength. But there's something still inside of him that battles, that fear that creeps up inside of him, that fear that sometimes grapples him and even hinders his own life. The truth is, in reading this, you're seeing the true humanity of who David really was. He battled fear. Just like every single one of us. And just like all of us will. We're admire, we admire his faith. We admire his confidence. We call him one of our heroes. But don't miss it. David had no idea that he was being a hero. So if David faced all these fears... What makes it so significant? Here, starting Saturday, I want y'all to be praying for us starting Saturday. Saturday, me, Bryce, Daryl, um, Elijah, Cliff will be flying up. We will be heading up to New York. And while we're up there in New York, we're doing what Josh is calling Operation Lipstick on a Pig. Seriously, that's what he's calling it. One of the, what we'll be doing is we'll be painting the building of where Life Church is housed. The only problem with that that I have with that is that everything we will be painting is on the second story. I hate heights. I seriously hate heights. Does that mean that I stay away from doing anything on a ladder? No, but I hate heights. It's kind of funny, isn't it? Six foot four and I hate heights. Everybody says, well, what is it? Are you afraid of falling? No, I'm going to be honest with you. I am not afraid of falling. When I was young, I used to hear things, you know, you'd see people who would fall out of these buildings and you'd hear things like, well, I hope, I hope the fall killed them before they hit the ground. Where do we come up with some of this stuff? Falling doesn't kill people. If that was the case, every skydiving business in the world would be out of business. Why'd you have to shut down? Well, people died from the fall. <laughs> I'm not afraid of falling. Falling? You're just suspended in air. I'm not afraid of falling at all. I'm afraid of hitting the ground. Why? Because it hurts. When you are as big as I am and you fall 10 feet, you make an impression in whatever you hit. And whatever you hit makes an impression in you. And it is not a fun situation. I am not afraid of falling. I am afraid of hitting the ground. But does that stop me from doing it? No. Do I get over my fear? You'd think so, wouldn't you? Been on scaffolding. Used to work in electric, used to work in uh, utilities, was in a 60-foot bucket for four and a half hours one day when the motor went dead and somebody had to go get gas. And I was up in the bucket for four and a half hours. Scary, especially when the wind started blowing and that thing moves back and forth. But does it stop me from doing it? No. See, brothers and sisters, I'm not fearless. I'm not fearless at all. 
Because fearless is never what we've been called to be. What we've been called to be is courageous. You see, there's a difference. Fearless means you have no fears. And let's just be real. That's none of us. None of us. And I'm going to be honest with you. To be fearless can be very foolish at the same time. Ladies, listen to me. You young ladies who are looking for a man. You don't want a fearless man because a fearless man is a stupid man. Straightforward. What you're looking for is you're looking for a courageous man. You say, well, what's the difference? Because a courageous man will face his fears and will move beyond them. A fearless man will make stupid decisions, will put you in stupid situations. Why? Because he doesn't let that that's inside him gauge where he needs to be. You ever thought about this? The Bible never tells us to be fearless. Never. Nowhere in the scripture does it say, be fearless. And I know some of you are like, I'm going to have to look that up. Look it up. I'll go ahead and tell you. 375 times in the Bible, the Bible mentions the word fear. But it never mentions the word fearless once. Why? Why do you think that is? Why do you think that the Bible never tells us to be fearless? Proverbs tells us real clear. What leads us to all understanding and all wisdom? The fear of the Lord. And a lot of people cringe on this. A lot of people have problems understanding this. Well, Scotty, why should we fear God? And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't. Now, I still fear some of my reactions. I still fear some of the things that I do. I still fear some of the things that he does not look too kindly on. But do I fear God? No, I don't fear God. Because I know his love has been extended to me. And because of all my unrighteousness, his son went to the cross and died for my sins. And on that cross, my sins were paid for. And I don't have to answer for them. But still, there's times in me when that fear, when I'm about to do something, it reigns up. And you know why, you know why it rears up in me? Because that fear is telling me I don't need to be doing certain things. Fear is not always a bad thing. Young men, listen to me. Again, I don't want you to be fearless. And I know this goes against some of the things that you've been told. I don't want you to be fearless. I want you to be courageous. I want you to work through your fears. Colton, Dalton, listen to me. Have I ever got mad at y'all? Be honest. Have I ever got mad at y'all for being afraid of something? Hmm? Yeah, I have. Thank you for trying to make me look good, son. <laughs> but listen to me, boys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being mad at y'all when you're afraid of something. I don't want to be mad at y'all for being afraid of something. But listen to me. Both of you look at me. Colton, Dalton, look at me. I want you to be courageous. I want you to recognize the fears that you have inside of you. And I want you to push through them. I want you to realize that everything that you're afraid of in this world, Christ has overcome. And that through him being Lord of your life, you can be courageous. You will never be fearless, boys. You will never be fearless. 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 But I can promise you this. With Christ Jesus in your life, you can be courageous. Guys, listen. Listen. 
This is so important. This is so important, especially over the last year. I keep hearing this thing about fear when this whole disease come out. And guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I stayed away from the topic of fear all last year. Why? Because let's just be honest to some points. Sometimes we have to do things that we don't want to do. Why? To be smart. And I heard a lot of people say a lot of things about churches closing their doors. Let me tell you something. This is not the church. We are the church. I don't have a door. I don't have a door. The only on and off sign I have comes on at about 12 o'clock and it starts with snoring. The church does not shut down. The church keeps moving. Buildings shut down. But at the same time, was it because we were afraid? No. No, it wasn't. And even, even though there's a lot that's been brought to light, because we still got to face this, guys. I don't regret one thing that we did. Because us trying to do what is best for our congregation, God showed himself faithful. And we were courageous. And we pushed through. Yeah, we did some things that most people wouldn't. We pushed forward with small groups. God showed faithful. We pushed forward with moving outside faster than a lot of people. God showed faithful. We pushed forward with getting back inside faster than some other churches. God showed faithful. It wasn't a fact of us being afraid. It was a fact of us realizing the fears that we had in us and realizing the Savior that we had in us that allowed us to push through. And younger generation, listen to me. This is not going to be the first time that you face this. You're going to face this again. You're going to face this again. And I'm asking you, don't be fearless. Because fearless leads to stupidity. Be courageous. Recognize the fear. Own the fear. Push through the fear. That's what David did. David never stood before a man and said, I have no fear. But constantly we see, be courageous. When I was growing up, there was a slogan. It may still be going around, I don't know. But y'all remember the no fear t-shirts? How many of y'all had no fear t-shirts? How many of you still got them? <laughs> Do you really? I'll buy it. But y'all remember that. That was a slogan when I was growing up. No fear. No fear. Fear nothing. Brothers and sisters, fear is a liar. The song is right. Fear is a liar. But to say there is no fear, that's a lie in itself too. Because even with what I have inside of me, still scared of a ladder. Still scared of the future that my boys are going to have. Still scared for y'all. And that doesn't mean I'm weak of faith. It just means that I have a Savior that helps me to overcome my fear. Fear is not a bad thing. To be courageous is not to live in the existence of no fear. To be courageous is to face the fears that really exist. Throughout the Bible, like I've said, we've been told time and time, be courageous, be courageous, be courageous. But never once are we told to be fearless. That's what God's called us to do. Be courageous. There in the last portion of this, you see David come back to this point. There in verse 13. He says, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait on the Lord. Whenever we hear the term waiting on the Lord, a lot of us don't like it. We don't like it because that battles with our patience. But I want you to understand what's really being said here when they say waiting on the Lord. Because the word that's really in here in the Greek, and it's, it's one of those words that's hard to, tra- or in the Hebrew, and it's one of those words that's hardly, hard to translate, is this rely on the Lord. You want to know where a bunch of our fears come in? When I rely on somebody in my family to do something for me, is there a chance they're going to let me down? When I rely on a seatbelt to keep me safe in a car, is there a chance that they're just going to let me down? No. When I rely on a school to educate my children about reading, writing, and arithmetic, is there a chance that that school's going to let me down? Yeah. When I rely on my wife to supply all the need of love that I need, that I have in my life, is there a chance that she's going to let me down? Yeah. When I rely on people to do anything in my life, is there a chance that they're going to let me down? Yeah. And you see, brothers and sisters, that's where our, fa- that's where our fear has creeped in. We have constantly relied on valuable things to meet the needs that we have in our life. And what David is stating in this declaration is that he is relying on God. He's not waiting on a man to come save him. There was no man to come save him from Goliath. He's not waiting on an army to come save him. There was no army to come save him from Saul. What's he waiting on? He's waiting on God. And he even admits it right there. If I had had no hope, my life would have been utterly despaired. But because of my hope and what God has done for us and what God is going to do for us, I will wait and I will be courageous. A.W. Tozer was once preaching a sermon on fear. And I wanted to write this down. And one of the things that he stated with fear was, our constant battle with fear is that we've always had to battle the past. We've always had to battle being left alone. We've always had to battle being rescued. We've always had to battle man, man's fallibility. But what we don't realize is our faith secures us to a point that we don't have to depend on anything else and that we're not abandoned. But we have to realize that we are lost. And this is what he said. A man is lost but not abandoned. Because had men not been lost, no Savior would have been required. Had they been abandoned, no Savior would have ever come. Fear is what led us to an understanding of who God was. And I know some people say again, Scotty, we're not supposed to fear the Lord. Brothers and sisters, let's let's face the reality. For those who die apart from Christ and face a just, holy, and righteous God, it's going to be a very fearful situation. It's going to be extremely fearful. 
And everybody wants to say, well, the word that should be used there, it should, be, should have reverence. You know, I don't like the word reverend put in front of my name. You know why? Jerry, what does reverend mean? Didn't know that, did you? It actually comes from the word terror. And those who face God without the redemption of Jesus Christ in their life, it's going to be a terrible thing. Fear is not a bad thing when it leads you to an understanding of who God is. Fear is not a bad thing when it helps you to be courageous and move through and overcome the situations that God has put before you. Because he has always given you a path out. He has always been your light. He has always been your salvation. And he will always, always be our protection. Let's pray. Father, I am so thankful to be able to have the testimony that you came for me. That you saw me in all my despair. And that you sent your son to pay the price for me. And Father, this morning I pray that everyone here has that same testimony. But this morning, Lord, if there is one here today who has that fear of not being right with you, I pray, Lord, that they will respond to the gift that is offered to them right now. That you love them so much that you sent your son to die for them. And because of the death that he took on, he took the punishment that we were supposed to take. And because of our repentance from who we are, turning from us and turning to you and believing in what Jesus done, we don't have to face fear anymore. We can be courageous. We can move forward. And not only does that salvation, Lord, not only does it just get us from one place to the next, it gets us through. Through whatever we may face, through whatever we may battle, whether it's disease, whether it's war, whether it's death, whether it's loss of employment, with that confidence that we have in us, with that salvation that you have given us, we can be courageous. You never called us to be fearless, Lord. And I know why. You simply called us to be courageous. So this morning, Lord, help us to be courageous. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we sing and as Sierra sings, I want you to listen to the words of the song that she's about to sing. Because this is the testimony of Jesus Christ coming for you. And if you don't know or you've never experienced the love that Christ offers this morning, I invite you. Come forward. Come see me. This morning, you're dealing with fears in your life. You need help from Christ to overcome them. Deal with God. Deal with God. Take this moment to embrace the strength, the light, and the salvation that he offers this morning.